must have gotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Wow. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Welcome to episode number 11 of The Take with Willie and Ian. And you know what? The king of producing Zig, he's going away next week. We've got Henry sitting in the chair and the pressure's already got to him because he hasn't changed episode 10 to episode 11. If this is where this is going already, amateur How are you going to deal with this by yourself next week? We might not. Next week could be anything. but We'll uh, we'll just go by Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Zig's got his wedding anniversary, so congratulations, Zig, next week. But um, I had mine. I'm alive too. Mm -hmm. I just actually... Way better, hey? Way better? I am a lot better. I was almost dead last week, but I tell you what, I, we've been doing this for a while and we really, uh, we have a lot of fun doing it, but mm. I must say there's been a lot of people that have actually reached out on social media and stuff and asked how I was, which is actually really nice. Really? So Yeah. So Luke and Patty and a few others, thank you very much for your concern. That's, um, it's lovely of you. It really does mean a lot, but, um, I'm better. I am yeah. better. Do I look better? You do. Way better. Mm. Last week was... It was a corpse. <laughs> it, was a str- it was a struggle for you. I don't think people realise when, as soon as we finish, you're like, fuck. Straight to bed. Get out, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think I managed to, I, I thought I wasn't coughing either, and then I actually had to listen to it again. I coughed about 600 times, but I was very mm, discreet. Very discreet. I'm like stealth. Yes. How are you, William? I'm are good, you? mate. I just come from uh, the Deadly Choices launch. Um, I'm an ambassador for those guys. So, uh, you know, Freddie was there, Luke Lewis, Rennie Matua, Jamie Soud, a couple of young WNRL girls. Um, yeah, it was good. So, uh, Steve Ranoff, the Pearl, was there. So just to get things really, like, officially kicked off, it was good. So um, it was good. Just um, just talking about, obviously, what we're going to do this this year. And, you know, Dave Trodden was there, the CEOs, and it was, it was very, it was very um, proper, but... Um, yeah, we'll start doing some proper, uh, some really good work at, um, in the next you know week or two. It's yep. it really is such a wonderful cause too. So if you don't know much about it, then look it up um, and and see what amazing job they do just in they in do. those communities and and yeah. going out to people. And I think and, you know some of the questions were t- like today, like what do you get out of deadly choices? You know, and I think. I think we live the, we live such a blessed life here. You know, we live in the eastern suburbs, and you don't really see how the other side lives. So when I'm, it gives you more gratitude for what you really have because when you go out to like Will Kenya, Broken Hill, and out into these in indigenous communities, it's like how's how's this even possible? This is Australia, you know. Like how how are people living like this? And just to go out there and 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 share the message of of deadly choices is just making better choices in life you know alcohol consumption smoking eating the wrong foods you know and you're so surprised about how little people actually know about what sort of foods to eat so when you're going out there you think that everybody knows what decent foods are you know until you ask those questions they're like no oh what do you what do you have for lunch or dinner and like you know packet of chips here and you know like uh you know, juice here, there's so much sugar and all this kind of stuff. So when you go out there, try and educate a lot of these young kids and the elders as well. So the elders can educate the younger kids and then it's going to be a ripple effect through the, for the next generation. So it's just all about education and awareness. And just, you know, I don't think globally we're not going to change the whole world. But I mean, if we go out there and just say if we reach, we're out there and you see 
a thousand kids all year and you change like two two people's minds and they whether it be they want to be a, a football player or or a nurse a doctor a scientist afl player whatever it is you know then then you've done your job you know you feel like you've done something so a lot of um they've got some really good people there freddie does a lot of really good work a lot of the guys like christian heffernan who's um who's the guy who runs everything they do such a good job man and um it's a it's it's such a good such a great thing to do like i just love going out there and just just educating young kids yeah and sport has always traditionally yeah. been a yeah, really rugby, good yeah, way to change rugby lives our platform but, but we're not out there trying to get the next Jonathan Thurston. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're just trying to educate these younger kids on a healthier lifestyle. So it seems to be working. It's all about health checks, 715 health checks. Um, you know, I think from last year to this year, there's been 15,000 more health checks, you know. So it That's just great. keeps growing and growing and growing. So obviously what we're doing is is working. Well done, Will. Good stuff. So that's the, well, that's the happy part of the show. I think the reality of... I guess the news cycle over the last few days, it's been dominated obviously by what's going on at Canterbury Bankstown. And obviously you're not only do you have a deep affinity for the club because of what you did at that club, you're actually back there now in, in, mm. in, in a professional capacity. And so it's a really, really sad time for the club that you love, Will. And I think people – out there will probably understand that we need to be a little bit sensitive about the way that we deal with this topic, um, especially because of, I guess it's so raw still, and there's still a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes. But I guess from your perspective, Will, if we look at the club and where it's at and forgetting about the change of coach and, and all of this stuff, what is it that Canterbury need to do to get back to where we all know they could be? I think this stems back to the era of like Des Hasler, where we sort of he got given everything, so he didn't really they didn't really worry about the development of the younger kids. And I think Dean Pay copped that, and I think Trent Barrett has because all they cared about was winning, and they got everything given to him, all the players, you know. And he, and he was close; he he got him to two grand finals. He was successful. I'm not saying it was a bad thing that he did, but they forgot about the development and what that club was based on. You know, you have a look at that um, the 2004 team and that era that we went through. The only people that we bought was Luke Patton. He was 20. Mark O'Mealy was 20. Willie Tonga was 20. Bobcat was 22. Everyone else was either bought as a as a young up-and-coming junior like myself, Sonny Bill, Roy Asatasi, Jonathan Thurston, Ben Harris. Then you had local juniors like Brent Sherwin, Corey Hughes, Tony Grimaldi, uh, like Steve Price was brought down as a 17-year-old. You know what I mean? So we they developed younger, younger players, but they had local juniors as well. So that's what they really lent on, like the – Guys like us coming up, like I was, I was bought when I was seventeen. Like they, they really, they just went out there and developed these younger kids. That it's all about development, and they forgot about that for about nearly ten years. So we haven't developed any young juniors. Yeah, you know, we sort of tried to buy, buy, buy. Lost the culture of the club because when you have kids like me come up through that system, you earn every single thing you get. And you love, and, you, and as soon as you get that first grade jersey, you want to die for that club. You understand, you're indoctrinated into that system, the culture, how hard you train, how like what what sort of what you're expected to be as a bulldog. 
You know, like it's, it's all about hard work, playing for your mate, all, all these little things that you, we all knew coming through the system because it was the history of the club, everything, the dogs of war, all that sort of stuff is like embedded into you. So when you do come up through the system, by the time you get to first grade, you will die for that club. It's like Penrith now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that's, you know, there's not one local junior in that Bulldogs team at the moment. Is there, if you go through that whole team? Yeah, that's right. You know, there's, there's no real – they've all been bought. So I know Gus has a five-year plan. So a lot of a lot of coaches – I mean, a lot of the supporters need to be need to be patient. And I understand because they, was, they got told this 18 months ago. Be patient. You know, we bought – we've got Vaughan, we've got Fox, we've got all these other players. And I'm still standing here going – I don't know if that if that fixed the problem. Well, let's let's look at it because the recruitment. I think you've got to be realistic about just because you buy a lot of players mm. doesn't mean that you've a bought players in the right position. It doesn't mean that those players are specifically going to fit in with what a club needs to to, to be better. And if you look at the specifics, I feel like there was a huge amount of pressure that's been put on the. Bulldogs to, to, to go well this year because they brought a number of players in. Now, if you look at the players that they brought in, they're not exactly key position players. I mean, Burton, yeah, Burton's playing 5'8". Now, Burton played 5'8 as a junior, and then last year in his breakout season, he played in the centres, right? Mm-hmm. So you get a kid and you bring him across and you say, all right, well, you've played centres for 12 months in first grade. Now we want you to run this side, this side around the park. Then you've got Matt Dufty who, um, you know, he, I'm not saying Matt Dufty's not a great footballer. He's a good footballer, but he's had some issues in the past. He's been in and out of first grade sides and they got him, at, you know, at, at a cut price deal, terrific. And they sort of thought, well, let's see if we can get the best out of him. Now, they haven't got the best out of him um, because they're not the sort of club that can – it's not a Melbourne system. They're, they're, a, they're a rebuilding side. Yeah. You've got – Pangai, who on his day is one of the most damaging, you're not going to fault Pangai at all, mm. right? You've got Ado Carr, who's been their best buy by far and away from... Yeah. But ultimately, he's a winger. And if their forwards aren't doing the job through the middle, what's a winger going to do? He can take second carries. He can keep the energy levels up. But yeah. he's not going to score 50 tries like no. he did at the Storm. So I think that the reality of the recruitment pressure has put an extra layer on top of the pressure that coaches already feel because I think people bought that dream that, oh, they've bought better players, they're going to be better. It takes mm. time, Will. It does take time. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. Like, I think personally all we did buy was Fox, Burton and Pangai. Everyone else was a bargain buy. Mm. Vaughan wasn't wanted at St. George. Naden wasn't wanted at... at Penrith, Dufty wasn't wanted, um, you know, uh, Corey Allen, Braden Burns, all these sort of blokes that, you know, were decent first graders, but at different levels, at different parts of their career. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, and Melbourne have this culture where if you don't fit into that culture, you, they're not going to buy you. Hmm. And that takes time to set. You know, we, we were sort of maybe in a rush to sort of buy more you know, players that have played existing a lot of first grade, existing kind of thing, stars, yeah. you know, that may, maybe maybe they're a little bit past their prime and hopefully they could have gelled. You know, I wish um, I wish they had a gelled because on paper they, they should not be coming last. They're a decent side. Baz is a good coach. And it just, it just didn't happen, you know. Like they didn't expect us to be coming last right now. Expected to be like, you know, li- at least in the top eight. 
pushing yeah. for a top eight spot. Not what are we? We're two and eight. Yeah. You know, so um, they made a change with Baz. You know, like I'm, I'm good friends with Baz. I've, you know, I've reached out to him, and you know, it's, you know, he got put in a corner pretty much, and he just like, you know what? Fuck, he's, he would have been so stressed out, and he's just like, no, fucking enough. I'm done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just he just would have been going, you know, is it is it worth it? You know, well, and that just- is and that is the thing, Will. People don't quite understand the level of pressure that comes with this sort of thing where, you know, you buy a paper and your head's on the back thing saying, When are you gonna get sacked? You got mortgages. People you turn on the T V and Channel Nine News is running with yeah. when will Trent Barrett get sacked? Like the level of pressure that comes in, even if you try and switch off from it and people go, I oh, shouldn't read the papers, but at the end of the day, like your mates are still going to say to you, mate, are you okay? Yeah. Like the, there's no getting away from a high profile job like that. And unfortunately, um, you know, Phil Gould creates so many positive things for football club, but he also, for whatever reason, brings negative publicity wherever he goes. So there are people because with agendas. People, under, people that have an agenda. If you watch 360, they're always having a crack at Gus. And Gus honestly does not give a shit about what anyone else says. That's why people, they keep having a crack at him. He doesn't he doesn't care what like Paul Kent and Steve Crawley. Is it Steve Crawley? Paul. Paul Crawley, all those sort of blokes. And, you know, they always seem to have a crack at him. He doesn't care. Like all he cares about is is getting that this club back on its feet. And he said at the start it's a five-year plan. Which is what you had know? happened and at Penrith. People don't understand. Building like, that centre of work, The amount of work that Baz put in, like, oh, like, you know, 60 hours a week. It's not like he's just rolling up to games and just thinking, oh, good luck. Like, he's given these kids everything. When does the accountability go to the players? I know a lot of those players are feeling like absolute shit because yeah. they feel responsible for it. Blokes like Josh Jackson and You know, like guys like who, who, who the heart and soul of the teams and they feel, they feel a little bit of responsibility because I think... Most play most players should cop accountability when this when the coach gets sacked, because you're the one. He's just given you every single every every bit of his his knowledge, and you don't go out there and and implement the game plan or play with passion or intensity like a bulldog is supposed to. You know, like you can't coach that. How much intensity you play with, how much passion you have for that club and the jersey and and everything that's supposed to be embedded into you. He can't coach that. All he can do is give you a game plan and you've got to go out there and implement it. And it just wasn't happening. They just weren't they just they just don't do it. They just weren't doing it. So a lot of those players will be feeling they'll be feeling like shit because they're in control of that 80 minutes. Baz can't do everything. You know, and then you see guys like Naden leaving. Well, let's let's go how to that quick, for a sec. How quick yeah. can you leave? Like you already it must have been already done. Because that I, I look at that, and, and obviously again, it, and it's, sorry, it's challenging like, for you. Like, to, what was his what was his uh, quote? I come there to play for Trent Barrett. Like you had fucking ten games. Yeah, rip in for ten games. That doesn't seem like you did for ten games. It seems to me like he's he's come out and he's used the other. I want to play centers, but. He was lucky to get picked on the wing, to be honest. Like, if you look at the way that he's played. And I think if you go back to this recruitment thing again, okay, you want to play for Trent Barrett. Now, don't tell me that a bloke that's bought into the Bulldogs culture, a bloke who has been given a lifeline, essentially, after what happened with the grand final, Mm. if he's then in a position when the first sign of trouble, he's jumping off to try and improve his ability to be able to play in the centres. Well, then he's a wrong buy. Obviously, it proves that he was the wrong buy. He's a wrong buy. He's not. 
and that's where it, it comes. Recruitment is very, very important. And that's why I'm saying, like, Gus has bought he's, – he's hired more employees, like, that are all about development, scouting the right kids, scouting the best young junior in Australia who's coming through the system. Grab him. Yeah. You know, develop that young kid, the 16, 17-year-old, the 17, 18-year-old. Get those kids, recruit those kids, and then develop them into first graders. You know, that's that's where that's that's where they're going because they haven't been doing this for ages. And they're going well in the juniors, aren't they? Like they're yeah, flagging their juniors, mats yeah. and things are going well. But You're involved in the pathways. I'm saying, like, you know, like if you get the best schoolboy, if you get like the best schoolboy half or back row or front row, the work that we will put into these young kids will be ridiculous because Gus is bringing – he's obviously brought me back for that reason. You know, Rennie Matu was back there and a lot of other players are, are starting to come back just because we want to develop these young kids. And we know that that bulldog way. We know how hard it is to be a first grader. We know how hard it is to get in the first grade, in that club. We know what the culture is about. You know, like, so that's where we're going with development. And, and Gus is ahead of that. Like, he's got some absolute freaks in development. But, but I even had to ask him at the start, I said, who's in charge of our development? Do we have, like, guys like Mark Hughes and all these sort of blokes when I was there going all the way out in the country and scouting in New Zealand and this and that? Like, he's like, no. So we asked him, he goes, we have to get back to that. Yeah. Where, and we have to get back to getting the best juniors and getting them, enticing them to come to our club. That's what's hard. And it's, like I always look at, because anyone who thinks that rugby league's not a business, if you don't think that these, it's a billion dollar industry, right? So these clubs, they run themselves the way any corporation. So if you, you have a job and you work for a big company, whether it's Apple or whether it's whatever, it's the same concept right you base yourself around results and if you look at it is exactly it's a result driven sport and we aren't delivering the results off off the field the game the club could not be in a better position john curry who's the the chairman is an absolute legend he does so much for the club loves the club aaron warburton the ceo is such a proactive ceo he's all about the 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 current, the current players and the players of the past, and so is John Curry. They're trying to get everybody back involved in the club at some sort of capacity. You know, and I think, like, uh, I think PK last night, Paul Kent was saying that, you know, like, John Curry's this, like, trying to, like, sort of badmouth him a little bit and saying Aaron Warburton's too young. Like, how old do you have to be to, fuck, to be a CEO? What, do you have to be 60, old and miserable and not look at the game proactive? If you're good enough, you're if old If you're good enough. enough, you're old enough. So yeah. he is really good enough. He's good enough. Like, both those guys are unreal at what they do. Sponsorships, everything like that, everything about the club is going forward off the field, but it's a result-driven business. Yeah. Wins and losses, you know, and, and we're not we're not in that win. Winning, um, there's no more. <laughs> the wins are like two. Yeah. You know, so like... We and just if, need to get back to winning, need to get back to playing the way that we play. And, and as I said, like, I don't, I'm not sure what can, what's going to happen for the rest of the year. They need to have a siege mentality. They need to galvanise together. Mick Potter needs to get these guys just to have this siege mentality. They're going through – now they've gone through some shit. Now if this doesn't galvanise you, like, I'm not sure what will. Because these kids, like, they, don't, they barely even know each other. Now you've just got your, your coach sacked. Like, if you don't band together now and galvanise and finish this fucking year off good, mate, half that, that half, half that squad's going to be gone. Yeah. They will be gone. If, they, if, this, if this is not the catalyst for you to get together and just play like a bunch of bulldogs and play, like, play for each other, then nothing will work. 
And Mick Potter's got that bulldog in him as well, which means, you know, he, he and he, he did a good job. He got treated appallingly by West Tigers, I reckon. Uh, look, from, from my perspective as well, if I look at, you know, the best thing that could have happened to Canterbury really is blokes like Brent Naden leaving the club because yeah. what you want is you want to build from the ground up again. So, yeah. I, look, I think if you look at – I don't like looking at next year because, um, you know, th- these blokes have – the people that – are involved in the club, not just the players, but the staff and the people that have been long-term members and the you know the, the, those full rusted on fans. They expect to see something for the rest of this yeah. year, you know. So you can't let's, talk let's, about let's next not year. Write the whole year off exactly. Anyway. Yeah. What is there like sixteen more games? Like yeah. like you can go on a you can go on a bit of a run, gets hit some momentum, and then like jag like four or five games and you're in the eight. Like this is what could happen if they do galvanize and just t- take this personally. Have a siege mentality, us against you guys, the media, everybody, everybody included, apart from the 17 blokes that hit the field, have that mentality, be driven from the coach, be driven from, from all, your, all, the, all the players, get out there and just rip in as hard as you can because they still have the talent to be a top eight side. Like, easily. Like, I just don't think the year's gone. Like, no. I, know, I know they've had a shit start to the year, but they can still catch some fire and end the year strong. I'm not writing them off yet. Yeah. And I think um, I think if you are a Bulldog supporter, what I, what I would say is that I've seen William's been involved with the club now for oh, less than six months and, and the amount of time and effort that he has put into this and the amount of time and effort that people, good people, are putting in behind the scenes, yeah. I have no doubt in my mind at all that Canterbury will – rise again and they will be will. a force again. So just uh, – I know it's hard to be patient when you're not winning, but at the end of the day, um, that's all you've they've got. got, great pe- got all great, you've got is hope. Great people in the club. They have great people in the club, in like at players and at, uh, at admin, all that kind of stuff. So it's just, you know, they'll get something out of it. They'll salvage this year. They will. Well, let's talk Magic Round. You actually went up to mm-hmm. Magic Round this year. Oh, look, I guess – I, I find the whole thing a bit weird, like playing the, the whole – I don't really get the concept of why you've got all the games at one ground. I don't understand it. It seems to work all right, though. Like, they get big crowds and um, – Yeah, well, they just copied off, like, um, Super League. Remember, Super League used to do Magic Round. They, when I was there in 2016, they, I think they still have it. They just got every single club we played in Newcastle and they were getting massive crowds. So the NRL pretty much just copy and pasted it and just owned it. Like they created it, but they made it. But they didn't. They just stole it from. Uh, they stole it from Super League. But you have a look at the crowds up there. Like forty-four thousand people. Just like people were everywhere in Brisbane. I didn't leave the hotel because it was just crazy. And lucky it was raining, because like I think if it was if it's like a beautiful day like this down up there, it would have been packed. It would have been crazy. And um, they still turned up. I think they got one hundred and thirty thousand over yeah. three days. But and does I, that do, do people? Um, like, do they come and watch their team and then leave? Or do they come and watch sort all? Sort of, because by the end of it, I think the first game I went to was the Bulldogs and Knights. And then the next game was Brisbane and Manly. So by the end of that game, it was about, I think it was probably like just say 15,000, the Newcastle and Bulldogs game. Then by the end of it, it was like 40, about 40,000. Yeah, yeah. You know? So and that sort of happened because they kept doubling up the teams and like, I think uh, the Super Saturday was pretty good. Three games, they end up getting like forty something by yeah, the end of it, yeah. and then Sunday was another great day. So the football was pretty good. 
but it held up. The ground held up good. I thought it was going to be an absolute Especially mess. Especially given Sunday, the rain too. Sunday would have been an awful day to play. It was humid as hell. Yeah. And it was sunny and it was just that, like the ground still would have been sloppy. But, um, you know, the football was good. Do you reckon, I mean, you were over for, remember the Auckland Nines back in the day? They're, yeah. They're, do you reckon, I feel like they should give Auckland a crack at it, one, just because they've had no footy over there for so long. Mm. And the Nines, they did it pretty well, didn't they? Nines was unreal. That that was for two days. Um that they packed out Eden, Eden Park. It was like fifty thousand a day. Yeah, like yeah. to watch nines, and like I think that's. I, I think I think that's still a great concept. Yeah. It's something that they should um, should look at a lot more because it's a lot more entertaining. Mm. You know, like there was tries scored out there. I remember like um, remember Sean Johnson. Oh yeah, he done some shit. Done some stuff. I think Caelan Ponga played in 2015 or 16, but like they were outstanding players. Like two of us, Sheck and all these guys, they were magnificent. It was just a really great. It was a great spectacle. But then the NRL took it off them, took it off the guys that were running it because they wanted more money, and they fucking ruined it. Yeah, not unusual. Yeah, Um, you had a bit of wrestle with Leslie too from. Yeah, it was a big wrestling. That, that was the that was the halftime entertainment. Me and my brother wrestling. Greco Roman wrestling. Yeah, it was oh yeah, it was like two big silverbacks going at it. <laughs> um one thing I won. The I only won. I won, Liz. No, he didn't, please. Uh I reckon the one thing that I've noticed as well is that like if they were going for three, there was that whole big ugly incident in the crowd again where those blokes were getting in a stinking and why would you fight when you're on the lower tier too? Don't punch Have up. Have some brains. Don't ever punch up. Have some up. brains. Like, what are you doing? Like, just, just go. Hey, hey, wait, and then just maybe walk, walk around. around to walk get around, a drink. Walk around, <laughs> two up from him, and then and just then start pounding. Have some straight off the top. He's right? sitting there going like that. I'm like, what are you doing? The guy's got the high ground. You're going to lose, son. He got dealt with. He got smacked. So is that because Idiot. people were at the ground? So if let's be honest, if you go to the cricket, I'm not I'm not encouraging drinking at all. No one, so everyone should gamble and drink responsibly. So you're trying to say were they full of piss? Blind. Yes, blind. They're at the pubs all day. Yeah, Man, let's go to the footy because when you go to a game of footy, you got 40 minutes at halftime. Like you got 40 minutes, you just your power drink. But you're every getting, pub during the day was packed. Was packed. So what do you think? They thought it was an origin every game. Yeah. You know, so they're sitting in pubs at, at, at 11 o'clock. Then you get to the footy. Like, just say the earliest game would would be, just say Super Saturday, I think it was like maybe three or four. But on the on the Friday, it was the dogs and that. Like, yeah. been, they were up there. Like, I got up there about one or two o'clock when I was sitting at the bar in, um, uh, at the, at the, at, at freaking the airport. It was packed. And they were starting from there. Yeah. And I was at the airport at 12 o'clock, all going to Magic Round. So it's just like, <laughs> that, that, man, they, had a, they had a good time. That was the only little scuffle. That was the only it? scuffle, I think. That was yeah. nothing. Oh, That's no, there nothing. was there, there was a one with um with Jackson Hastings, which is a bit weird, where. But they bloke say. Some Derek some, said he was going to kill his sisters or something. And I think he's got younger Like, Oh, my God. What is wrong with Who people? Who would say that? I don't know. <laughs> what Like, what possesses someone? Like, remember the old days that I'll chewy on your boot or they'd scream out something Fuck. like that? Is that what <laughs> he bloke, said? I want to kill your sisters. Okay. And he named them by name. So he's like some think, sort of mad storm. He handled it pretty well. I think I would have grabbed him by yeah. the... Oh, Wow. People are Actually, strange. my sisters would bash the shit out. I've got five, so I go, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good luck trying to beat my sisters up. I'll, yeah. give you the, I'll give you their number, actually. 
Fucking hell. But like that is just so that is so wrong. Yeah, it is. Like, what is that? Like, it's like a serial killer shit. You know, like Knowing their weirdo. names. Too. You can't know their names. You no. can't, why would you say shit like that? Yeah. He handled himself well, Hastings, but He's been he's been the best thing that's happened to the West Tigers, that bloke. I just think yeah. he has been magnificent his all year. His, his leadership. leadership on and off the field. Like he's just he's trying so hard, isn't he? Now the one other thing that we should mention, um, the Bears, the old North Sydney Bears, they just keep getting brought up. Now the West Australian government has said, we'll take the Bears' name, we'll become the West Australian Bears. You bring us over here. Sounds shit. And you'll play 10 games in Perth, four games at North Sydney Oval. Mate, A, let, I know your feelings about expansion, right, and that, the, I don't mind level. it. I just if it was if it was in the two thousands when we just had a shitload of players, expand. Can you imagine the West Australian Bears? Like the Dolphins can't sign anyone. Who are the West Australian Bears signing? Ben like, Cousins. Jeez, he's coming out of retirement. <laughs> like I don't know. I honestly don't know who they're going to sign. Yeah, it's like I think it's yeah. Maybe give it like. Maybe four or five years. I'd love to see the Bears back in some capacity. So but would I. But they're like, not going to bring them back. They're not going to bring them. Like West Australia, they don't care. The Reds failed. Like it's No, it, they actually got a good base over there. So every time they they do play over there, there's about 25,000. So they've got, they've, got, they've got the supporter base over there. A lot of Kiwis are living there. They've they're lost the, it to the, the force, to be honest. But since the Western Force came over there, mm. they've they've all those like South Africans that live there and the Kiwis, yeah. they've really embraced that force side. So I feel like they've lost their go back to Adelaide. Adelaide Rams. Mm. Bring the Rams back. The Rams were good. The old Rams. I don't know. I just don't I don't know. Like I, I get it. I'm all for expansion, but I'm I don't want the the game to be so diluted and play, you know, teams getting flogged by sixty. Yeah, maybe just wait five more years so we can develop these younger younger kids because we don't have the we don't have the cattle now. We just don't. All right. Well, the the action never stops, William. It never mm. stops with the old Not- rugby league. So this week, what about the Broncos? I tell you what, the Broncos have been. The feel-good story of the year. Adam Reynolds, the Broncos. It's just, I think what this proves is that the Broncos always had a lot of talented footballers, especially in their forward pack. They've got such a good young pack. Mm. And they just needed someone to drive them around. And and Adam Reynolds has been that for them. Um, I feel a bit sorry for the Knights. So important a good halfback, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think. That's why they're getting paid a million dollars. Like, what's Reynolds, what, 30, 32? He's 47 years old. 32, but he got like a, over a mil a year. That's how important it is. Like uh, Chad Townsend hasn't played a rep game, won a grand final, a lot of experience, about 850-900. But look at the results that you're getting. Yeah, that's right. It's worth it, isn't it? Like because yep. a halfback who can just game manage, you're not going to get your J, you're not going to get your JTs and Andrew Johns and all those sort of guys anymore. You're going to get these game managers. You know, like even like Cleary. Cleary doesn't have those exploits. That doesn't break the line hardly ever, all that kind of stuff. He manages the game good. Yeah. You know, Cherry Evans does some still, still, still some good things. They're going to sign him on another two-year deal. Dude's 33, 34. Mm. That's how hard it is to get a good seven. They will just still, you know, that, that and they deserve it. But, the, I mean, the salary cap says you deserve it, but like... You know, 32, one... Winning games says you deserve it too. Winning games, you know. Right. Like, Reynolds has just proved everyone wrong. Yeah. He's he looks, a, he's he looks happy. three more years in him. He looks happy. That's like, he, he looks... Did. The and change prob- was good. 
And that's probably why he was probably a little bit filthy. If you go, oh, I just signed you one more year. That's fucking more than one year in me. Mm. You know, I play halfback. Halfback is one of the most protected positions on the field. You can go to the line, deep into the line. You're not going to get your ribs cracked by anyone. It's going to get a penalty, all that kind of stuff. So good on him and good on uh, Chad Townsend. Did you know he used to play for South, Adam Reynolds? They let him go. Oh, I didn't realise Did that. You not, I didn't realise no. that either. They've never said it. Uh, the Tigers... Do you know what? I, like, now that Trent Barrett's gone, who are they going to sack next? Because Adam mm. O'Brien's got to be close, hasn't he, if the Knights don't start winning? I think that could have been the, the catalyst for the Knights. If, if we had a one, it was, it was Adam, he it was was Adam the, O'Brien. He was in the Centrelink queue. So you better be thinking, Baz. That was the Centrelink Cup. Um, the Tigers, so Maguire's seemingly, he won a couple of games. If when a coach gets sacked, it's like 80% of that time. Dead cat bounce. To get, yeah. They the, come back the team, and win. The team wins yeah. because the coach got sacked. So there go the dogs. Look at it. It's a dollar ninety each. Yeah. Wow. The Tigers... The, t- the Tigers have fallen into that trap again of, like, everyone forgot about them for a while, and now what will happen is if they start losing, if they lose this game, then those straight shitty back, coach meters back. will be straight back on Michael Maguire's head. Um, Tigers Tigers are just plogging along. You know, they, they, they've... They'll oh, get you. If you're off your game, they'll get you. Yeah. They're not going to get a top side if they're on their game. You know, they did get Parramatta, but they'll way off. Um, South will way off, you know, so... To beat a big side like um like the Bulldogs, like the Bulldogs, you're gonna have to be on the Brent Naden Cup. This one, <laughs> the Brent Naden Cup. Imagine him playing this week. He's gonna who's, play. Who who's played the lo- the lowest amount of games for a club before going somewhere else? Aaron Woods played about four for Canterbury, didn't he? And then they resold him. He went off. No, he played a whole year. year Did he play? Two, yeah. This Remember would be he'd be up there. Naden. Naden, ten games. Yeah, not even that. I think he's only played seven. Well, he didn't play any. Uh, <laughs> Parramatta versus Manly. Manly what are... What happened to Manly? Wasn't that a good game to watch if you're a Manly fan? Trebojevic was like... That guy, he's not injured. He couldn't run. How is he not injured? Yeah. He couldn't move. Let him, let him oh, rehab. I want him fit for origin. I don't give a shit about Manly. He's, I was like, they're like on... And then after the game, no, he never had a problem. He had a cork. He's got his leg strapped as if it was mummified. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he touched the ball four times. Um, I know. Eels are looking good. Eels, the Eels, I, I'm going to forgive them last week. Everyone was, oh, they're inconsistent. Everyone forgets that the Roosters are a top side. And at some point, they're going to click. Yeah, and they did click. And they clicked. And it's like Parramatta, oh, well, they've beaten the st- – it's like Roosters are a top four side. If the Roosters don't finish in the top four at the end of this year, I'll be very mm. surprised. Very surprised. But Parramatta, well, I think they'll beat. They'll beat them. They should. They this should. Is a bit of a, this is a rivalry game as well, so oh, they'll be going at it. This is where traditionally I get to sing, here we go again, Manly and Parra. Remember the two, <laughs> two his new ad? From, <laughs> uh, we're going to get that up on our social. Henry's going to find Dragons that. and Warriors. This the is Warriors won game. last week. No, no they, they won the second half. Does that count? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> That was the worst game. Who they South, play? Who they South play? South 32-4. They something at half time. And, and then, then they won South off, And then they won by two points. Yeah. Fuck. Good half, South. South. Cares, they got the win. They got the win. Cowboys, Cowboys storm. storm. I'm, I almost tipped the Cowboys here. I think I did. Did I? Um, I don't know. 
No, Do you want to? You can it. change it. No, we both left that game out when we were checking Henry. He showed me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going with Cowboys. You're going Cowboys? Yeah. yeah. All right. I just think they miss Pappenhausen. And, they've and even got, Remus Smith. Remus Smith is he's a gun defender. Yeah. Good attacker. Great. Good hands. Like and they've got Brandon Smith starting at prop this week. Yeah. So I think yeah, if if the Cowboys are ever going to beat the Storm, this is the week. This is the one. So because I think Pappenhausen just holds so much energy in that team. He just bobs up everywhere. He can score length of the field tries. His energy's good. He's smart. His placement, everything. He's a gun. Tyron Wishart never needs a paternity test, does he? It's literally like watching his, Rocket Rod. Just like watching Rocket Rod back in the day. Does he have the same quads? No one's got those quads. No. McDougal, maybe. Ridiculous. Yeah, uh, McDougal. Roosters, Panthers. I I actually think, I think. Mm, it's a good game. This is a good game. How are the Roosters at $3.75? I've super, taken the Roosters with this the This is a good super sad day. I'm Victor Radley, will, they'll miss Victor Radley. He hasn't been great this year, Victor Radley. Like, he hasn't been Victor Radley-esque, but he's been good. Well, they've... He would have got told – he doesn't want to get suspended. Mm. But, like, because it's, it's – and it's sort of changed his game now. That's – yeah, he's I agree. Ball, he's ball-playing a fair bit. He gets a, he gets a fair bit of ball. But, like, his defense he's, – he's had to change that. And I fucking love his defense. Yeah, so you don't want you know, you know, I don't want to – you're taking that, that bit out of him. That's the Big people, part of his that game. people love. Yeah. Like, when he hits, but he knows he's on – you know, <laughs> hits someone, he's going to get he's suspended. Like, yeah. I mean – I know they, they cleared everybody's slate, but I think he'd be still – I think he's he just – he's on a fine line with him because yeah. he hits so hard. And it's like it'll be that shoulder to the head. It'll be, it'll Straight be brutal. Away. Um, how that's, the Roosters are great. Jared Warrior Hargraves, outstanding. Outstanding game. 33 years old. Um, anyone – anyone – I've seen criticisms for him saying, oh, he's too old. Anyone who criticises that bike has got – I'm sorry, they've got no idea about they rugby just league fucking forget, whatsoever. Like, he is just he's the a, leader of that pack. He's He'd be the first bloke pick for New Zealand. It's yeah. just – anyway, it's that's the joys of Twitter. I love Twitter. I actually don't mind Twitter. Snowflake, snowflake supporters, that's what they are. Uh the Rabbitohs and the Raiders. Now, were the Raiders good or were Cronulla terrible? I said they should have kept Nico Hines at halfback and you went, no, playing fullback. And look what happened. I'm a genius. Yeah, you're right. They looked all, they looked bad. They looked bad. They looked really bad. Cronulla looked all over the place. I'm not – what are they – did um, – is the fullback back this week? No, they've picked um, Lockie Miller. And that's a good story, actually. Lockie Miller was an Australian Sevens player um, and he signed with the – Cronulla side, I think this year actually, okay. and he's been killing oh, he it in Reggie. Yeah, right. And he's been he's they've moved Hines back to halfback. And it's a different beast, not sevens kid. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Very interesting. Be interesting. Uh, so it, Hines is what seven? Hines is seven. Yeah. Well, that's the main that's the main thing that they missed was they Hines. Missed him. Yeah, but he wasn't involved. I think the Raiders. I think the Raiders were good. So yeah. can they beat South? Yeah, I've backed the Raiders. It's a Dubbo. Yeah, only because it's a Dubbo. I loved it. Well, I've got to they go to state. Playing, they love playing at Dubbo. I'm going to Dubbo in three weeks for state champs for my young bloke. They've got to go to Dubbo. Can I come? Do you want to? <laughs> no. Apex Oval. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, a chance. Oh, yeah, the Raiders are a chance there. Did you pick them? Yeah, I've, I've picked them. Oh, I wish I had a And I'm picking the Cowboys, so I need to come up. I need to get some points on you. Yeah, you do. Uh, and then the Titans won a game. That was a bludger of a game, that was. Which one did they play? That, that St. George game. Yeah, fuck. That was terrible to watch. And then the, Shark, the Sharks will bounce back. Titans, eh? 
Willie's Big Boys. Big Boys at it again. Absolute machines. Um, it just surprises me every single week. The amount of meterage and, and, and just time that they're playing in the middle. Like 60 plus, I think it's like minimum like 60 plus minutes for some of these big guys now. Like I think Payne Haas, I think he played like maybe 65 minutes, something like that. Like 180 meters. Like it's just he's and and I think he had a, a big a fair bit of a rest. And I don't he's think still, they played him. I don't think they played him. Either. Yeah, I don't think they played him. Like just say if it was a big game, he would have got like usually about 70, 70 minutes. I don't think he played less. I think he played like fifty four minutes. So still got one hundred eighty meters. Like he's I think twenty seven tackles, no misses, like ninety five percent effective tackles. Like I can't believe how good that kid is. He's best prop in the world. Two points. Jared Warrior Hargraves, just because he was outstanding. He's just – his leadership, when he's on, they're on. Yeah. He holds so much energy in that team. The meters the meters he was making, but they were real tough meters, you know what I mean? Like, they, he was he was going at it. And Parramatta are good. Like, they are good. They they're got, good they got a good pack, and they were going at it. Junior Paulo, Campbell Gillard, Big Papa Lee. They got you know, big, big boys. And uh, Hargraves was the best forward on there. Three points was my boy Josh Papali'i. He was just an absolute animal. He's uh, he's going back to some of his best form. I think he started the year off a little bit, a little bit slow compared to what he's usually like. So three points to him. He was uh, he was outstanding. He was six, so close to two hundred meters. Him and Joey to Tarpane are just absolutely killing people. My whole game plan if I'm playing against Canberra is like stop those two. You stop those two, you win the game. But good luck. Anyway. Leadership board, um, Campbell Gillard, Talakai, Junior Paulo, all on eight points. Taumalolo, Payne Haas, six. And Aiden Fanua Blake on four. So keep ripping in, big boys. Last week on the bet, uh, I missed out on one leg. What did I miss out on? I can't remember what it was. I know, you were filthy, but. Was it Titans? Titans? It was the Dragons. Dragons. That's why I just said it was a blood river game. Yeah, I think you hated it for agenda. reason. Agenda. I hated that game, and I hate the Dragons now. And I hope that they all get sacked, all of them. <laughs> uh, so this week, I have got the Sharks to bounce back and cover the six and a half. I have got the Roosters mm. to give the uh, the Panthers a real run for money with an extra nine and a half. And I've taken the Storm one to twelve because I think. They will only just get over the top of the Cowboys. And that that's pretty good. is paying $10.10. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good bet. Uh, what have I got? Knights, Ruben Garrick, anytime try scorer, and the Dragons. Yep. That's it. That's it. Producer, Bulldog Storm Roosters. He's just no, – there's no thought. There's no luck. I just think he's just ticking. He's just going like waking up. He's got dartboard. <laughs> yours, well, yours is yours is paying seven dollars sixty, yeah. and the producer is paying ten dollars. We've got we've got seven hundred bucks in the kitty, which is nice. If we get this one, if we get ours up, then because let's let's that's, that's fifteen hundred. Bulldog, Storm, and Roosters they can win. The producer could get this up, <coughs> maybe. I hope. I just he hope, almost got he's last been, week. It's been very basic his picks. There's not like the start and anything <laughs> like that. So I don't mind that because you just look the wins and losses. I need to start adding some more anytime try scorers like last year. Twenty-seven Just legs, fucking fifty legs. Bobby, Bobby's been close. <coughs> there uh, we go. Anyway, uh, my tips. Tips. tips I've got William. the Broncos, Bulldogs, Eels, Dragons, Cowboys. I'm changing it to. Yeah. Panthers, Raiders, Sharks. Yep. You and have. so you're changing South to the Raiders. Yep. 
All right, that's good. I'm making sure so that we're keeping you accountable for that. Mm. Uh, I've done the same mostly, have I? Broncos. No. T- oh, no, I bet the Tigers. Tigers. <coughs> good luck. So I'm in front. That's all that matters. <laughs> I'm Who's in the front. producer guy? No, the producer. Do you know what? The producer's not doing it anymore. Henry's doing it. If, oh, if so he Henry's beats me. Broncos, Tigers, Eels, Warriors. Oh, he's always a, he's a Warriors fan. He's a Warriors fan. Storm, Panthers, Rabbits, and Sharks. Now, Twitter questions. Twitter. We got I've, any? Yeah, I've got Twitter. I've got a few Twitter questions. I'm going to start with probably the greatest Twitter question that I've ever. Anton Poser. I think he's a Kiwi, this bloke, um, but he's my new favourite. Ready, William? Yeah. This is the big hitting questions that we get on this show. If Donald is a duck, Mickey is a mouse, and Pluto is a dog, then what is Goofy? He can't be a dog because otherwise Pluto couldn't drive a car, could drive a car and talk too. So if Pluto is a dog and Goofy's a dog, why can Pluto drive a car? Fucks me. This is like a. It's a serious question. question. It's a proper question. It's a proper question, and there's been a few people answering. So, what is the general consensus? What is uh, Zig Henry? Anything? Well, some bloke Priesty Priesty reckons he's an anthropomorphic dog, whereas Pluto's are just a dog. Ruggy oh. Ruggy reckons he's a cow. <laughs> some other bloke reckons he's a dwarf dog, uh, and so. Yeah. His, so one wears smoking? one. What are you smoking, son? One wears a top hat and drives a car, and the other one's nude and Stop sleeps in a kennel. Psychedelics. It's a fair question. It's a good one. I'm going to say he's definitely a dog. He's just not a smarter dog. As I'm done. Goofy. You lost me. You fucking. <laughs> yeah. I just I yeah, couldn't wait to read that out. More, give me some more questions. All right. So Jack Hetherington, Reddy's asked to talk to other clubs. Would you let him go? I wouldn't personally let him go. I think uh, Jack's just been hindered by injuries this year. I think I thought he was he was going to have a, a great breakout year, start every single game. He like epitomizes what a bulldog should be: aggressive, tough, hard, hard nosed, trains hard, fit as hell. Um, I wouldn't be letting him go. And if he's going to be a big, big pickup for someone else, imagine if he went down to to Melbourne. Oh yeah, he played for Australia. Yeah, that's what he, that's the sort of talent Jack's got. He just needs to be nurtured the right way. And like it's not like everyone's going, oh, he just gives he's gonna suspend it every single week. He got a clean slate this this year and he didn't get suspended. Yeah. So shut up. He did have a he did have a bad record. I get it. But like clean slate. Everyone's got a clean slate this year. So stop worrying about what he did for the last two years. So me personally, I would have him as a bulldog. What is your favorite rivalry in the NRL and in other sports? Oh well. Um, Bulldogs, Tigers now. <laughs> Bulldogs and Tigers. Bulldogs and Roosters used to be my favourite when I was playing. Yeah. Now, in the NRL, I think it's South and Roosters. That's always been a good one, especially because they've been top four teams for the last, you know, 10 years, I suppose. Um, Celtics and Lakers. Yeah, that's good. That's a good rivalry. Um, that's probably the biggest one. Have you seen that one? Have you seen the one on 30 for 30, the Celtics and the Lakers, Zig? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise it went far, that far back. They hate each other. That's a great doco. Mm. What else? What else we got? Uh, NRL Fans United, he's always a big fan of the show. He wants to know what every Bulldog fan wants to know, when will the pain end? Well, we kind of covered that. Yeah, I just think, I mean, they'd be probably sick of us here. Be patient, be patient. I just think, just... Stick with, us, stick with us this year. I just think Mick Potter's there. He understands the Bulldog culture. He can. It's up to him to galvanise these young kids and it's up to the players to take ownership 
and just be accountable for their own actions and their performance, their performances. So I just think, you know, bit of a change. They can just get out there, rip in. They've got nothing to lose. The season's not over. You have 16 games to go. So if we get it, we get it right. We get, if, we, if we win ten out of sixteen, yeah, you're gonna be in, you're gonna be in the mix. And Annette's just actually come in while we're here and said one is a pet dog and the other's not. So there we go. Wow. We've answered. Okay. We've answered it wow. for Goofy. Uh, all right. Well, that's the end. That's the end of the show. We need you get on to the website. What is it? Masonstake.com. You know what? I had to look down at what it I was. I looked down then. Masonstake.com. Twitter. Twitter, Twitter um, I didn't tweet that much on the weekend because I was magic round and I you was. You were magical. You was being magical. magical. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll be, I'll be home all weekend tweeting. So. Um, and rate and review. What's that on? I What's don't that know. even mean? Rate review. I don't know. Do it, bud. So good. All right, later, guys. I'll be following Willie more and more. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 